Hello, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us once again for During Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Kitts. Well, let's get into it with a prayer, and then we'll get into the message. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, for your wonderful grace and love. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us this guidance and the ability and the platform to be able to talk to people and to share your word with them. And maybe it will bless somebody today. If it does, Lord, bless them hearty. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. Give us this word. Give us the Holy Spirit to help us guide us and to teach us and to help us get this message out to the ones that need it. In your blessed holy name we beg. Amen. Today's lesson is something I broke down into three different parts, and it's about crossing the Kitron Valley. This was a sermon that was published This was published in November 5th, 1914, and delivered by C.H. Spurgeon, and uh, he talked about the king passing over Kidron. In 2 Samuel 15 and 23, it says, The king himself also passed over the brook Kidron. The brook Kidron was an insignificant but unusually most foul and filthy ditch outside the walls of Jerusalem. If it were not, as some have called it, an open town sewer, yet there are some reasons to believe that at least the filth of the temple ran into this ditch. The filth of the sacrificial places went by an under channel into this brook, and we have one or two instances of the holy writing where when houses were purged and clean, the filth would be thrown into the brook Kidron. The passing, therefore, over the foul black brook becomes a symbol of a deep time of sorrow and acute distress. You imagine going over something so nasty brings you down, just smelling it, seeing it. Kidron, on the eastern side of Jerusalem, between the city and the Mount of Olives. And this is important. The valley is known in the scripture only by the name Brook Kidron. David crossed the brook barefooted, weeping, when he was fleeing from Absalom, his beloved son. His son was trying to kill him, and that's the place he fled over. It says in Second Samuel fifteen twenty three, the whole countryside wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the people moved on towards the wilderness. In Second Samuel fifteen and thirty, it says, but David continued up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered, and he was barefoot, and all the people with him covered their heads too, and were weeping as they went up. And it was frequently crossed by our Lord Jesus Christ on his journey to and fro. In John 18 and 1, it says, When he had finished praying, Jesus left with his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. On the other side, where there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Kidron was a place that Asher burned the obscene idols of his mother. In First Kings 15 and 13, he even disposed his grandmother Macanach from her position as queen mother because she had made the repulsive image for her worship of Asherah. Asha cut it down and burned it in the Kidron Valley. And here, Athelah was executed in Second Kings 11:16, and so they seized her 
as she reached the place where her horses entered the palace grounds and she was put to death. Afterwards became the receptacle of all manner of impurities. Second Chronicles 29.16 The priest went into the sanctuary of the Lord to purify it. They brought out of the courtyard of the Lord's temple everything unclean that they found in the temple of the Lord. The Levites took it and carried it out to the Kidron Valley. And then in Chronicles, Second Chronicles 30:14, they removed the altars in Jerusalem and cleared away the incense altars and threw them into the Kidron Valley. And at the time, Jose in this valley was a common cemetery of the city. Second Kings 23:16, and he took Asherah pole from the temple of the Lord to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem and burned it there. He ground it to powder and scattered the dust over the gra- graves of the common people. Jeremiah twenty six twenty three. They brought Uriah out of Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim, who had him struck down in the, by a sword and his body thrown into the burial place of the common people. Through the mountain ravine, no water runs, except in heavy rains in the mountains around about Jerusalem. Its length from the head to the inirodral is about two and three quarters miles long. Its precipitous rocks banks are filled with ancient tombs, especially the left bank opposite of the temple area. The greatest desire of Jews is to be buried there, from the ideal that the Kidron is from the Valley of Jehoshaphat mentioned in Joel 3 and 2. So below in Ragel, the Kidron was no historical or sacred interest. It runs in a winding course through the wilderness of Judea to the northwestern shores of the Dead Sea. Its whole length and in a straight line is only some 20 miles long, but in the space it descends about 3,912 feet. Recent excavations have brought the light that the fact that the old bed, old river bed of the Kitron was about 40 feet lower than its present bed and about 70 feet nearer to the sanctuary wall, the place which the obedience of Anachos Sidetes was fortified, to which, when defeated, he fled, hotly pursued by John and Judas, sons of Simon the Maccabee, who burned the city. It is named along with Jamin or Yabin and Azatos or Ezdud. It is possible identical to Kerat, a village about three miles southwest of Azurer or Ekron. Much had been preached and written about the Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus prayed there the night before he was crucified. But last week I was preparing the conclusion of the seven-week study of I Am statements from John with a focus on I am he in John 18 and 5. And I came across the detail of John's eyewitness account of the events that caught my eye and took off into this fascinating rabbit trail. The biblical writers understood the inspiration and the guidance of the Holy Spirit provided details for specific reasons. No detail or irrelevance or no relevant detail is omitted. In 2 Timothy 3 and 16, it tells us that all the scripture is inspired and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness. Oftentimes, amazing insight can be gathered from the details. Gold nuggets can be found if we're willing to turn over a few stones. In John 18 and 1, we are told that Jesus went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley to the garden. 
Just where is the Kidron Valley? Well, Gethsemane is positioned on the slopes of the Mount of Olives, directly west of the temple and about one-fifth of a mile from the temple. The temple was the highest point in Jerusalem, and it would have been very much in view from the garden. Between the temple and the garden was the Kidron Valley, a little wadi or a wash that was dry except for the heavy winter rains and the sewer that ran through it. So what is the significance of Jesus walking through the Kidron Valley? The Old Testament tells us that during the time of the period, the divided kingdom, there was at least three cleansing of the temple in Jerusalem, cleaned the rooftop to remove the altars of idols that had been erected during the times of spiritual backsliding. The first was Asha, the third king of Judah, who destroyed the idols and burnt them in the Kidron Valley. We read about that earlier in 1 King 15. 12 and 13. This would have been about 911 BC. A similar cleansing occurred 200 years later in 716 BC when King Hezekiah, on the onset of his reign, had the idols and the uncleansing removed and carried out to the Kidron Brook we had read about in 2 Chronicles 19.16. Then, about 100 years later after the last cleansing, Jose, in the 18th year of his reign in 622 BC shortly before the Babylonian captivity had Hilkat the high priest remove the idols and reduce them to dust in the Kidron Valley we read about that already in 2 Kings 23:16 the afternoon before the Passover that's the Thursday night of the Passion Week would have been the sacrificing of lambs on the altar of the temple John MacArthur writes the experience of the passion that historical records of Jesus' times indicate that there had been as many as a quarter million lambs that were slain in a typical Passover season, requiring hundreds of priests to carry out this task. There would have been a lot of bloods from that 250,000 lambs, along with the water that was used in ritual cleansing. So where does all that liquid go? It drains from the altar and carried to, you guessed it, the Kidron Valley, just outside the Temple Mound walls. The fact that Kidron means black brook or gloomy brook, perhaps its name because of the cleansing stained bank. So when Jesus walked through the Kidron Valley, we couldn't help but be moved by the symbolism that the valley held the term of the sin of mankind both with false idols and the sacrificial lamb's blood. It was a fresh reminder of the cup that he was about to drink and the purpose in which he had came, to die as a perfect sacrificial lamb for our sins that we might be restored to having a relationship with God. There's one more reference to the Kidron. When Absalom attempted to upshur the throne of his father David, we've seen in 2 Samuel 15:23, it tells us that David fled Jerusalem and crossed the Kidron to the Mount of Olives and, and into the wilderness. It is there that he apparently wrote Psalms 3 and Psalms 41. Not only had his own son betrayed him, also his closest advisor, Athathabophalia. When Jesus spoke to Judas betraying him, in John 13 and 18, he referred to that prophecy of Psalms 41 and 9. He said, He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Alphopiel was like Judas Iscariot, hung himself when the plan fell apart, and Absalom accidentally hanged himself when riding his horse under a tree. Now, here is some interesting speculation on my part. 
Jesus, the heir to Davidic throne, had this story of David's betrayal on his mind in reference to Judas. Like David, the people whom he loved and served rejected him. David crossed the Kidron and prayed and worshipped. When Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, in the same spot that David must have prayed, did he perhaps pray through the scriptures of Psalms 41, verses 1 through 13, as he relinquished his will to that of the Father? There's no clear indication of this, but it seems to fit the narrative. All right, join me for part two in a little bit, and we'll close this one out in a prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for your wonderful love. We thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you for your understanding. Bless those that listen and bless those that pass it on. In your blessed name we beg.